You're listening to the Monocle Daily first broadcast on the 22nd of February 2024. Monocle is in Warsaw, so what makes the Polish capital so special? You'll find out in just a moment. I'm Tom Edwards. The Monocle Daily starts now. Welcome to a very special edition of the Monocle Daily. Coming to you live from Warsaw, I'm Tom Edwards. My guests today here at Bar Rascal will discuss what brought Monocle to the Polish capital. We'll reveal some of the stories emerging from our discussions with the top editors and savviest business leaders here. You can hear them having drinks in the background. And we'll meet some more of the sharpest creative minds that Warsaw has to offer. Stay tuned. That's coming up right here on the Monocle Daily. Yes, it is the Monocle Daily, a very special edition, and we're kicking it off in fine style. Who's this with me? It's Tyler Brule and Andrew Tuck. Gentlemen, good evening. Good, good evening, evening. Tom. Um, now, <laughs> Tyler, first of all. First to the mic. Set the scene, set the scene where we are, and then take a couple of steps back and explain to our global listeners exactly what we're doing here. Well, first, I'm not going to take a, a couple of steps back because it'll be <laughs> off mic. So uh, we are at, as you said at the start, uh, Tom, we're at Bar Rascal. This is uh, a, a space uh, where, of course, uh, our colleagues from Confect uh, had been a little bit earlier, so there'd already been a little bit of groundwork done. But this is it's just it's a wonderful uh, slightly modernist uh, space, and it is just packed right now, as our listeners can probably hear, uh, with subscribers, uh, with the diplomatic community. I mean, Andrew, I mean, we met so many ambassadors in the first few minutes, so I'm not sure, if, Tom, if there's like enough sort of diplomatic events going on or not. But of course, as we know, as we've been exploring today, this, of course, from a diplomatic point of view, um, is very hot territory. It's, it's definitely a city that you'd want to have a posting. We were just talking to the Swiss ambassador a second ago. You miss London. I think Andrew he seemed like he was rather happy to be um, at the center of a, of a lot of action in the middle of Europe. We're here for lots of reasons, and, and it's undoubted. There's, there's, there's a political story here. There's the, the war in Ukraine that has affected the city. But we're here for lots of positive reasons as well. There's, there's an, an amazing cultural uptick here. Uh, amazing manufacturing, an interesting design scene, an interesting fashion scene, and I'm pleased to say that already in, in the room tonight uh, are some of the, the leading fashion designers from Poland are here tonight. I thought actually what he was going to say is that two of our colleagues are already looking better as well because we've also been doing our best to uh, boost the Polish luxury economy, buying made in Poland as well. Uh, took uh, our Sophie Grove, uh, also uh, our, our colleague uh, from our agency, and uh, they did a little spin um, down a very nice street. And we, uh, there was a nice handbag that was picked up. There was a nice made in Poland cardigan. And that's also part of our story, because if you look at our March issue, we have uh, really a wonderful story. It's called Splinter Group. Uh, and it looks at the power of made in Poland uh, when it comes to yeah, the core of industrial design, and a big part of that in this country, of course, is is the furniture industry, um, and that is 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 much of the conversation we want to have to be able to meet the makers, the manufacturers, the people behind these brands and businesses. Well, I want to ask you both a question about kind of first impressions or those forged over these couple of days, because some of what you say, Tyler, I guess, informed the decision to come and stick the monocle flag here in the first instance. Some of those expectations we know about some of these brands, uh, this manufacturing tradition, and so forth. But what surprised you? It's your first visit here. Andrew, I know you were here five or, five or six years ago, so that will be interesting to get your reflections. But Tyler, what, what surprised you on the, on the upside since you actually touched down here in Warsaw? 
Well, I mean, Tom, you said the last couple of days. I don't know if you've been doing your own time travel, but um, I think we should talk in terms of the last couple of hours. Uh, I've only been here for uh, 24 hours uh, at, at this point. Um, I guess you know, a, a couple of a couple of things uh, stand out. Um, I think first thing that Andrew and I said is there's this real sense of youth. Um, it, it's, it's just remarkable, and it was also reflected when I was talking to some other people today who are not Polish, who are doing business here, I said, yeah, you, you go into your office tower and you're amazed that yeah, is everybody's under 30. And it's it, that, so that's one thing which is striking. And I think that's part of the story that we want to chronicle. It's maybe not something that we've talked about uh, before, but it, it's something which is, which is certainly interesting. I think the, the other thing that, you know, Andrew, that we've been talking about um, as well is just that there, there's sort of a sense of, you know, how do we feel about Poland internationally? Um, and, and we're here for a reason because I think we, we hear a lot of interesting drum beats that are coming out of this country. Um, we see a lot of interesting stories. We see great design coming out of here. But it's also a little bit different when you hear because there, there is the, the sense of, I don't know if to say it's maybe hesitation, um, but that, oh, you know, are, are you in Poland? You know, do you believe in what's going on here? <laughs> like, of like, absolutely. And I think that's been striking because I, I thought there'd be maybe maybe a, a greater sense of confidence in, in the Made in Poland story at the moment. It's interesting because we, we, we spoke to one of the, the leading uh, political journalists here in Poland. And actually, we began to speak to him. You could see this kind of, because he's, he's so deep in the story, but this, this notion of what the, the values of, of brand Poland had been maybe lost a little bit on him and many of the other people we spoke to today. But actually, when you come in from the outside, you just see all the strengths of the place. And I think that, you know, for us to be here is, is, is just interesting to, to tap into all that and to begin to tell those stories on air, in the magazine, in Contact magazine as well. Well, and just to sort of, you know, blow the, the, the monocle horn a little bit, to me it always underscores how important it is to, Tyler, one of your sort of buzzwords or phrases is about not just being present in the moment with people as we are on the radio, but being present in person, face to face. There's no question you can forge more enduring connections that way, but just being, having boots on the ground, it, it enables you to understand the possibilities in a, in a market, what the real ambition is. As you said, that sense of kind of youthful vigour Maybe somebody could tell you about it down the line, but you've got to feel it. Uh, and, you know, this is the, this is what we're about as a brand, right? Absolutely. And, of course, you know, all of the assembled people here this evening are, are part of that. I, I just want to go back to your point about the horn, though. Tom, I'm going I'm to... We, we had a bit of a, a Polish language quiz in the back of the car a bit earlier. Tom, can you remember, without looking at bison, Polish buffalo, uh, is a... It was... Zebra? Not a zebra, Andrew. Zuber. Zuber. It's like an Uber, but with horns. Okay. Right? Anyway. I think we need, I think we need a monocle bison horn. Okay, I'll come back to you on that one. Anyway, but going back to your point about the assembled audience, you're absolutely right. I think that this is, for us, yeah, it, part of it is the engagement with our, our, our readers, whether they're subscribers, whether they're picking us up on newsstand here. But it's just also it's just hearing the stories. And I know that you know by the time we wrap up, it's going to be in 90 minutes, it's going to be uh, nine hours from now. Who knows? I think that, that this audience is definitely ready for an evening. It's Thursday night in Warsaw, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what happens. But we're going to leave this space with stories that you simply couldn't get by going through Reuters or, you know, scrolling through Instagram or or even looking up other magazines. That's the power of, of being present and, and it's amazing to be doing that here in Warsaw and Poland this evening. And Andrew, to that point, your trip here was in 2018, was it? 20, That's right, 2019. 2018. Um, I was going to say to you, 
what, what's changed since and you know the, the world has tilted on its axis right about this geography since then for so many reasons whether it's the pandemic of course the conflict next door um, but what what struck you as being different I don't know mood potential uh, ambition because obviously politically there's a very different climate when you're yeah, uh, but what's, what was great this morning we did, we did a, a good walk with our correspondent here in the city and we began to see some of the urban changes happening the, the the revitalization of the riverbank, the, the, the bringing of more pedestrians onto the street, the, the creation of more public realm where people can engage with each other. And really, I heard really interesting stories about that public realm as well, about how many of the Ukrainian people who come here, especially young people, are using those public spaces in new and exciting ways. Uh, now, Andrew, you mentioned strolling the city this morning. Uh, what a guide uh, we had. Someone who really sort of knew, who really knew his onions, didn't he? And look, here he is over my shoulder. It's Matouche. Uh, Matthias Mazzini uh, has eased himself up to our fourth uh, mic. Matthias, great, did great, my best. Great to see you. Um, and it was amazing walking the streets. You were very generous with your time and your insights, I should say, over the last couple of days. Um, is, it, is it a different dynamic when you're welcoming people into your town? Because it struck me from the, as soon as I arrived, my first cab driver could not wait to tell me his experiences, his passion for the city. Um, there's something special, right, about inviting even even grizzled old old hacks like us into your into your hometown, right? Well, most certainly, and I think that's even more true to the case of Warsaw because it's a city that's rapidly changing, very vibrant, completely different, even compared to the pre-pandemic times. Uh, a few years ago, you probably did not see as many foreigners that you encounter these days throwing the streets of Warsaw. Uh, you didn't see as many interesting developments, redevelopments, especially post industrial states. We, we, we visited a bunch of them um, uh, this morning and you saw that firsthand, that this is a city that becomes unrecognizable, and I'm not afraid of using that word, to someone that missed, I don't know, two years of development in here. So if you come here, probably if obviously if Warsaw maintains this pace of reshaping, evolving, changing, if you come back here in two years, it might not be a completely different city, but be significantly different uh, on all accounts, I think. Um, and, and tell me a little bit about, because we, we've been spending a lot of time hearing about your work and your passion for uh, Gazetta. I'm going to uh, let you do a bit of promotion of your your own news always happy to because we, we keep coming back to this point that it represents something different for people it's not just a news source it's not just a trusted source but it really there's some there's a real passion about the brand because of its origin story and where it where it came from just tell me a little bit about that because you talk really kind of emotionally about your connection to the brand for whom you for whom you work why is it so important well not just of course in Warsaw but for Poland as a whole do you think because well, I think it doesn't happen all too often these days in the media ecosystem. They have people joining a certain established media brand out of conviction more than anything else. And I think, and I'm not alone when I say that, and I speak for myself, and I think uh, many, many colleagues at Gazetta share that sentiment, that it is really a very heavily emotionally loaded brand. It's something more, much more than just a new source. Uh, it's almost like an identity uh, newspaper, which obviously has its own risks. You run the risk of, of, of tunnel vision, of, um, of having sort of a herd mentality even, and you might be blinded to, to issues that you're not particularly interested in, and, and, and your readers might not be pointing you in that direction. But, I mean, Gazetta was established as an electoral journal, because Gazetta Borja means electoral paper, and it was, it was established with a different Poland in mind. And whenever I enter the offices, whenever I'm 
um, in the headquarters, I feel that, or I'm very easily reminded of that, that this is a very, um, this is a very significant building. A lot of very important people for the recent history of the country still work there. Um, and if you ever fall short of a moral compass, I think what you can do um, is just go upstairs, see your editor-in-chief and be reminded of why you're here. And I think Katia here is a testament of that. Well, yeah, this is one of your, your colleagues, Katja Vejic, of course, also of uh, Gazeta Viborsha. And I wanted to ask you, Katja, because we were chatting earlier about some of the uh, rationale, the reason that's fired a new optimism around the direction of travel here. Um, and I said to you that lots of people have mentioned to me the transformational power of women, young women in particular, demanding driving change, driving turnouts at elections. Just talk to me a bit about that, because I know that's something you're super passionate about. It, that is partly responsible, would you say, for this inflection point that Oh, uh, definitely. The uh, attendance of this election was 75%, which for Poland is like amazing. It never happened. It didn't happen in 89. It happened now. And what was even more surprising is that young people who usually don't vote, they came in droves. Like 69% about, about that uh, were young people votes, and many of them were young women, obviously, because, you know, for the last eight years, Poland wasn't the best country for young women. It was, this government was very traditional, very Catholic, very anti-gay rights, very anti-reproductive rights, very this kind of vision of Poland, but this white, traditional Catholic country, and young people, especially young women, just don't buy it. And the thing which tipped the scale, the thing the moment during which this government started failing was in 2020, when the Polish abortion law was very strict even before, but it became even stricter, and we had the biggest protest in Polish history. 100,000 people in Warsaw were protesting, and it was winter, and Polish winter is not very good for protest. Uh, but people were still, uh, they were walking through Warsaw for a month, and it also, you know, even though the protest didn't achieve their goal, the, the low state, uh, the, I think the, um, I think they started something, and the consequences were ripped in uh, uh, last year's election. Well, stay with us because I want to talk to you a little bit more about the power of podcasting and audio in just a second. Matthias, you stay here as well. But Tyler, I, I notice your glass is running dry. I can't let that happen, so I'm going to let you go and charge it. I'm going to go fill this up. Absolutely. But, but listen, the final can I thought, get you a refill as well? You could, I think you could get me a refill by the time you're back up. Just quickly though, another interesting note here: the power of heritage brands, uh, brands of trust. Um, a quick stock take, you've obviously had a bit of a browse round in 36 hours or so. What do you make of newsstand? Always interested to get your take uh, when you're in a new market. Well, I, listen, I think there, there are two sides to the newsstand and, and one which is, is a positive. It's great to see that there's you know, so many fantastic Polish titles out there. We, we know about, of course, the early days, maybe we have different views about when Polish, you know, Vogue came to the newsstand. You know, it really turned heads, and I think that's one interesting from a legacy point of view, that suddenly you've got something like Polish Vogue, which many would argue is actually better than the original Vogues in many ways, and it, it's a license. I think there's also a challenge in this country, though, as, as well, and I think that is also, it is the challenge that print has. This is a country which, of course, is a huge paper producer. We produce uh, many of our titles on paper from Poland, uh, or, and certainly Polish, a Polish-owned brand as well, but... Uh, I was just saying to Mateusz, yesterday I tried to buy Gazeta at the airport, they don't sell newspapers anymore. So I think there is, you know, it, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, it's going to be a little bit turbulent. 
nevertheless, though, I think also, yeah, we, we can talk about urbanism later, Tom, but I think there's other forces that might uh, that might play into this as well. Okay, well, maybe you'll get, go and get that drink, Tyler, and then you can pop back and talk about urbanism later. Um, but let me just pick up on that point about audio. Uh, obviously, we all know about the podcast boom. Tell me a little bit, Katja, why, why, did, why is that such a good format for you to pursue the specific journalistic passion about telling these stories of important consequential women is it because it's the intimacy of audio why why does why is that something that you got started with you're right it is the intimacy of audio it's the contact with your listeners it's a reaction you get from your listeners and it can be much less formal than the written form and when you do podcasts Within two persons, you have uh, interactions, you have jokes, you have different points of view, you can disagree, you can agree, you can show all different sides of people you talk about, and this is fascinating. And to be honest, I never had such a good feedback. You know, when people are commenting on articles, they, I don't know how it's in England, but in Poland, if person comments an article, it's usually to tell the author that he's or she's an idiot. But the feedback it's very I vicious, that's <laughs> it's very vicious, yes. But the feedback I got from my listeners, how they like to listen to us, how they are suggesting different women to talk about their favorite or the ones they don't know about. Oh, you know the, the messages like, I never knew her, but you showed me total a person who is so inspiring. Thank you very much. I mean, it's heartwarming. It's a great feeling. It's a great story. People need to get involved. How do they listen? Find out more? Well, the podcast do, do, called, the, do the big call to action. Uh, the big call to action podcast is in Polish, I'm afraid. It's called Her Storia. And you can find us in Spotify. Um, Katja, great to chat with you. Thanks for Thank coming you to see much. us. Uh, lovely to hear that uh, you know, there are people who understand the, the, potency, the potency of audio. Matthias, I know you love you love a you love a podcast oh, as well, always, and you're no stranger to them, our ones and others. Um, again, has that always been part of your media diet? Nice bit of audio as well. In the way, yes, but I think just like for many other people, it became more so during the pandemic because that was the, a pivotal moment in um, in all of media landscape across Europe and I think um, overseas as well in the United States. So. Uh, what's very peculiar, and I think uh, that's very unique for the Polish media market here, that a lot of seasoned, established, uh, very popular reporters, authors, media producers move to independent audio projects outside of, um, of traditional outlets, and they're hugely successful. Actually, we do have here tonight some of the guests of uh, Radio 357, which is a subscription-based um, initiative, and proudly, I can say, even though I've got nothing uh, in common with them, it's the largest subscription-based radio program in the whole world. Uh, and that is a byproduct of both the pandemic and the fact that the law and justice uh, government purged state media. So a lot of very good uh, media professionals had to find a niche for themselves. They've established a patron-based radio and they're hugely successful and fingers crossed for further developments in that area. Uh, Matthias, uh, always lovely to hear from you. You've, you've, you've bookended your day uh, with, with Monocle Radio. Try, try really we're hard. Um, I want to bring in my, my next guest. Uh, I'm uh, delighted to welcome His Excellency, the Ambassador of Switzerland to Poland, Fabrice Villiers. Fabrice, welcome. Lovely to see you. Well, How are you? Hello. Uh, great being with you tonight. Uh, now tell me, you haven't got a drink. This worries me. Are, we, are, well, are you being looked after? I had a drink, but it's already finished. Now, <laughs> Tell me about this uh, this assignment. Uh, 
where was where, you know what was the kind of the, the moment like when uh, that, that the, the posting the posting okay. came through? What did you have in your mind? Well, maybe maybe we can start by going a bit back in the time and um, in the in in the early uh, in the early 2000s, yeah, 2002 probably. Uh, it was my first uh, my first contact with Monocle and Tyler Brule because I was working at the Swiss Embassy in London, Montague Square. So we were nearly neighbors. And I remember some activities we had together, like a Christmas market and stuff, you know. Uh, and um, so when I received the invitation, I was quite amazed. I don't know if my, my email stayed in your data <laughs> bank, you know, from London, but I was like, wow, okay, Monocle in Warsaw, what a nice coincidence. I need to be there. And so, yes, the Poland, before my assignment in Poland, I was in Singapore. So I spent the last four years in Singapore and I arrived in autumn 2022 uh, in uh, Warsaw. And uh, Warsaw is a great place. Uh, I would think that in our eyes, but you know, in, uh, in old Europe, in Western Europe, uh, Poland is underrated. You know, it has, it had had tremendous development um, and um, it has great potential and you can see that in all the cities it's uh, very dynamic the economy is functioning well the infrastructure is great you know safety cleanliness etc uh, it's, uh, it's fantastic to be in Poland and as a Swiss ambassador uh, we have uh, quite a few things um, uh, one of course economy economy uh, we are one of the top 10 investors here in Poland so our uh, companies are very well represented in the productions, production services, you know, and, and other fields. And uh, we also uh, try to uh, uh, to foster bilateral cooperation, you know, yes. in science, education, innovation. And uh, this year, 2024, is a good year because we're going to have our uh, project in Impact 24 in Poznan and uh, where we're going to have a Swiss pavilion, Swiss tech pavilion, uh, and uh, quite a great lineup uh, of speakers, like the president of the APFL, Martin Fettori, like our Nobel Prize in Exoplanets, uh, Didier Kello, uh, plus many others. So I'm very happy and very excited also to represent, I would say, the, the modern face of Switzerland, you know, innovation, and uh, we really hope uh, that we can uh, uh, connect more and more, you know, uh, with the Polish uh, institution uh, uh, in Ab this field. Absolutely. Well, just briefly, I, I want to ask you a bit about the art of diplomacy because, you know, look at what's happening just across the border. There's constantly these very stark reminders of the importance of well-deployed soft power, the skill of discussion, um, you know, the, the importance of, of, uh, of bilateral dialogues and so forth. Are we in an all right spot diplomatically? Are we are we losing the art? There's, there's so many blowhards who just talk a load of nonsense. Can, can you offer us some reassuring insight that the, the art of diplomacy is alive and well? Well, we are going through um, uh, very, very tough times. Uh, um, well, not only this year, but this especially, you know, since the Russian aggression on Ukraine. Uh, and yes, diplomacy is more needed than ever. But maybe diplomacy has to re reinvent itself uh, in order to be able, uh, you know, to, to deliver. It means dialogue, peace, 
uh, you know, common understanding between the nations and between the people. And so we have probably go, you know, go back to the to the roots of diplomacy, and this is also Switzerland's, um, you know, DNA, dialogue. Uh, we try as much as possible to offer Geneva as a platform for dialogue. Uh, uh, and also uh, to try to facilitate, you know, some discussions, even in very uh, tough situations like uh, we have today. Like my Minister of Foreign Affairs, Ignacio Tsikasis, is uh, at the General Assembly of the United Nations, you know, uh, just now, just arrived in New York, and that will be, you know, the core of the message. You know, we need, uh, we need dialogue, we need to, to work more together. Uh, we need to 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 find ways, you know, to settle, to settle crises, to settle wars, you know, and to move the right direction for the humanity, basically for the humanity, for our future. Absolutely. Well, very wise words, as we should have expected. Uh, it's very important that people keep talking. It brings us together. Uh, Excellency, lovely to see you. Thanks uh, for coming. Lovely to, meeting you. Thanks for, Thank for coming you very to chat much to us for today. inviting me to join. It's a delight. And we're going to slightly... Come back to, come back we, to Wilson. We, oh no, yes, we will do. And we're going to slightly change gears because one of the things that struck me uh, right from the start of my time in Warsaw is the amazing quality of the hospitality, the, the warmth of the welcome. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that now. Um, I'm delighted to welcome Joanna Tchaikovska to the, the show. Joanna is the Market Director of Marketing for Marriott International, a storied name, of course. Um, and tell me, Joanna, what is, this, what is the secret to the, the Polish welcome? I, I've seldom experienced anything like it. Is there a secret? So, good evening from Warsaw. I know that you from the morning today you were talking about Puro Hotels, which is an amazing brand for sure. But you know, Marriott is, is just that large, right? And it's it's so huge, and it's the biggest uh, hotel company in the world. So we would have like you know 21 hotels in Poland. I have to refer to what Kasia said. Most of the general managers of these hotels are women. So it is really really changing these days, and you know there is no glass ceiling anymore. So that's that's great, and it's referring to to what Kasia said from Gazeta Wyborcza, but, uh, well, our hospitality, and, and I, I think it is a bit of the complex situation and different things combined, so, uh, you know, our our free market is only 30 years old, and we so we need to make up a lot, right? And it's in many, many, I would say, industries that we are doing better just because we want to proof right and it's about uh, the F&B the gastronomy um, area like scenery in, in Poland it's about hospitality uh, the the standards we are keeping I, I work for a huge company and I really see how we are doing in different rankings when it comes to reviews of our guests when it comes to standards when it comes to you know we are just really on the top so I, I believe that it's just our in a way like uh, our our souls our wanting to be to prove that the, that our hospitality is great and it's also worth mentioning we are here at Rascal Bar and independent amazing place in Warsaw but it's worth mentioning the F&B area as well in in the hotels I would say they really developed. I mean, it's not anymore that the bars in the in the la lobby of the hotel is is about Caesar salad and really um, club sandwich. Now, now they are destination restaurants. 
where you have marketing strategies behind, where you have best waiters in the in the city, where you have executive chefs that you really need to, you know, keep have keep having excitement about working for us. So so yeah, the whole thing all together probably made you the 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 kind of picture of of how great it is to to be in Poland and to stay in a hotel. <laughs> you've, you've described it excellently well and uh, my, my my thanks go out to all of those people who've looked after us so so wonderfully over the last couple of days and actually Joanna you you set it up beautifully you reminded us we're here at, at Bar Rascal and look appearing next to me as if by magic the the, the, found, the founding fathers themselves um, we have uh, Radek Drabek and Dominika but uh, here alongside me um, First Good all, evening. Thank you for your wonderful hospitality. It's a, a terrific venue. Um, give me a little bit of the, the origin story. I know, Dominique, you're the, you're the design maestro behind this venue, correct? Yes. Um, tell us how it all got started. Well, I'm, I'm an architect and my whole career uh, was um, connected with hospitality and I was specialized in uh, F&B concepts and uh, also I used to work for Pure at some point, so <laughs> it all connects very nice. Um, but yes, uh, this is this is my uh, this is my non-architectural child. This is my hospitality child, and I'm, I'm uh, with Radek, and we are super happy because uh, um, you know this is very specific project. This is the biggest natural wine bar in Poland, and also one of the biggest in the world. And uh, it happened by total accident, which is also nice because uh, um, uh, Radek is also a film producer. So we need a big space uh, for film production and a small space for a wine bar. And uh, you know, we found this place and we felt, felt that it's perfect location. But the proportions were different, so <laughs> we end up with big bar and uh, smaller film production space. But still, it's great. We still have cinema here in the downstairs. But this is what I wanted to ask you about. Tell me about these uh, multifaceted elements. You're you're a producer. You've got the cinema. There's a cellar. You've got obviously the venue. D uh. Does being a, a producer make you a good operator of a venue and vice versa? How does it work? You know, this is what what can be better just to making movies and drink good wines <laughs> and have uh, good food. <laughs> so we travel a lot, we eat a lot, uh, we meet a great uh, wine producer. So so this is what we do every day uh, between between um, movies. We have time to travel and. And this is pretty pretty nice li life. <laughs> so, so I'd like to keep the strategy uh, as long as possible. And uh, tell me about tell me about this playful riesling that I'm enjoying. This is very good. This riesling. Ah, this probably you get the as see as a color, and it's Grüner uh, Wettliner from Burgenland from Schmelzer family. Uh, great wine. It's, it's a, it certainly is. It's drinking very well. Jana, I'm going to let you go because we're nearly out of time here. Uh, just tell me very quickly, what are you most excited about? Is it uh, the next expansion, the next uh, location, new strategies? What, what gets you out of bed uh, with excitement every morning? The results, I would say. So, <laughs> you know, after the pandemic, which was such a difficult time for hospitality, it really grew uh, back so quickly and, and how the and different Puro hotels, Marriott hotels, how we are all developing. It's really it's really showing that that Warsaw and Poland is is a future. So thank you so much for having me. Well we're shining we're shining our little spotlight. Joanna, lovely to, to see you. Thanks for coming to see us. That's Joanna uh, Trukowska. Um Radek and Dominika, whilst I've still got you, um, tell me about what comes next. I, I he was talking Radek about just 
keeping on enjoying things. Is that actually the secret, Dominica, to just make sure that you are enjoying yes. what you're doing, whether that's as a host or as yes. an architect? I, I had uh, I had beautiful and very successful ca- career as an architect, but at some point I, I felt I would like to do something different, and uh, then natural wine came. So, um, but I just want to make something pleasurable and uh, you know enjoy every day and uh, definitely do things which doesn't um, demand so so long time span to you know to execute so having a bar especially wine bar is such a pleasurable thing because you just have like immediate instant effect of what you you just serve food you serve wine especially natural wine and you see immediately people are enjoying it so it's about enjoyment and uh, so I, I, I really like it it's can you imagine that like six years ago seven five we were just two of us uh, fell in love in natural wines during like our trips and then when we decide to create the brand for natural wine lovers uh, here and to educate uh, Polish wine lover or just generate uh, the, the strength uh, so this is this is great and now it's with we are pretty happy now the team is around 45 people so it's pretty amazing for like four years <laughs> not bad it's not bad going at all tell me how how does the the classic warsaw evening how, how should it conclude i'm being taught things about how to say in australia whatever it might be how, how does the evening wrap up or is it actually the most important thing that you don't remember how it wrapped up that's how you know you had a good time <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the sure. usual way that's for sure but for sure we, we like to start early um we like to start early. We don't, you know, we like we are um, uh, opposite to sultans, so uh, we usually start around six or seven in the evening, and then um, with some drinks, then we go for dinner, and then we go for more drinks, depending <laughs> on. <laughs> I thought it. I thought that might be the direction. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sometimes it's pretty different because uh, when I got here in Baraskal, some my. Uh, business meetings so I prefer this, this way of microdosing with natural <laughs> wines and food <laughs> all day okay I've heard that's very on vogue now much blessing I might start trying it myself but with wine and food instead and Radek Dominika thank you so much for your thank wonderful you. welcome this evening thank and you. congratulations it's a what a fantastic venue well and it was a fitting way to wrap up our broadcast from Bar Roscoe so thank you very much to the to the founders that's uh, Radek and Dominika I will let them go back to their busy work looking after everybody so excellently well um, and that's all that's left for me to say here on today's monocle daily a big thanks to them but of course to all of our guests today the program was produced by chris jermack in london with help from lexel here in warsaw our sound engineer alongside me david stevens yeah, he's enjoying some natural wine and christy o'grady back in london thanks to andrew miller in london too i'm tom edwards the monocle daily with andrew is back at the same time tomorrow But from me here in Warsaw and all the Monocle team, goodbye and thanks for listening.